0: What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight, Facebook and Instagram at the Mitch Davis Show. Check out the YouTube page by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show wherever you like to listen to your podcast as well. On it is Wednesday, September 27th on today's podcast. Gonna be joined. By the Associate Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Herb Vincent, to talk about all things Southeastern Conference and the exciting futures ahead for the conference as we look to add Oklahoma and Texas at the start of 2024. Uh, It's really exciting times in the SEC, so, really excited to bring you all this interview from Herb Vincent, going to talk all things SEC. And we've included talking about the future of the Hoover Met, uh, talking about the future of the SEC baseball tournament. A lot of exciting things. Hope you all enjoy this. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the TheMitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of The Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight, and also check out Facebook and Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show, and also check out the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. I am joined now by the Associate Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Herb Vincent. Welcome on the Mitch Davis Show, Herb. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Looking forward to a big weekend of football. Absolutely. We've got a huge weekend of football. Let's just go ahead and talk about the future of the SEC. And, you know, this is... We hear the, the phrase, it's the end of, you know, as football as we know it. But I'm excited about the future. How excited are y'all for the new additions of Oklahoma and Texas to the Southeastern Conference?
1: You know, well, well, we're very excited about it. And we've been working on it for quite a while now, ever since they we announced they were coming into the league. Of course, since then, we've announced they're coming even a year earlier than what was originally anticipated. So, but we started right away working on uh, working on schedules, working on formats uh, in season and, and postseason, and how we were going to accommodate them and transition them in to the Southeastern Conference. In the meantime, we've uh, begun to engage them in our conversations, uh, helping them to understand what our bylaws are, what the rules and regulations are around the Southeastern Conference, and just kind of an orientation of them into the league. and, and the the runway up to them coming into the league has been really beneficial to give us enough time to to prepare for going from a 14 team to a 16 team conference. So we're really excited about it. There's lots going on in college sports right now, obviously. And, uh, you know, we like to think it's good stuff and we we got a lot going on. And and there's a lot of uh, other issues around around college sports that we can get into. But that part of it, uh, we're really looking forward to having them join us.
0: I want to ask you about scheduling. And obviously, you know, I've been we I want to in particular ask you about the SEC baseball tournament to kind of start things off. I know you're a big baseball guy and so am I. I want to ask you about that format of the SEC baseball tournament first. How will the format look with Texas and Oklahoma uh, to the SEC uh, next year?
1: Yeah, we haven't finalized that yet. You know, we have a little bit of time uh because we've got one more year uh in 2020 spring of 2024 uh with our current format with 14 teams and then we'll bring them in in uh July of 24 and their first uh time in in the baseball season and baseball tournament will be spring of 25. So, we haven't finalized what that tournament's going to look like yet. Uh, but we're we're working on that and working working hard on on trying to figure out what's what's the best future for the tournament. Follow up question to that: I think
0: this is the biggest question. It seems to always come around right around the first of May and rolls into the rain delays in Hoover. Uh, the future of the uh, SEC baseball tournament at the Hoover Met, and obviously it's a very special place. Has there been a decision made, or what
1: can SEC fans um, you know kind of look forward to with that SEC baseball? Yeah, tournament? yeah, that's a good question. So we've got. Uh, spring of 24, May of 24 is our last year of our contract with Hoover, but we have one extension year to 25, so we can extend it out another year at, at the option of the Southeastern Conference. And then we have to determine where we're going to be uh, going forward. There's uh, no reason to, uh, no reason to, to, to think that uh, anything will change, although uh, we've left it open and we timed it just like that so that we can look at what options are out there. We wouldn't be doing our jobs if we wouldn't explore what other opportunities are out there but everybody is uh is really pleased with hoover Uh, they do a great job for us Uh, it's become kind of uh synonymous with omaha you know people don't say sec tournament hey are you going to hoover are we going to see in the hoover so we like that Uh, they've built out over the years kind of a a baseball campus there that provides some other baseball fields that we can practice on that's unique to college uh, tournaments Uh, there's no other tenant. Uh, at the Hoover Met, you know, and Mitch, that's good. That's good and bad because uh, one thing is we need to make sure that that stadium is maintained, and they've done a great job maintaining that stadium. Still a viable stadium, a great facility. We just need to make sure as we look forward to the future that it that it remains that way. And and I think the city of Hoover is committed to that. Um, you know, the good part about uh, about that is that we know where we're going to be. Uh, it's a it's become as I said, synonymous uh to to the uh, to the tournament to 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 the SEC and uh, being able to have a stadium that has no tenant means we can get in it just about any time and we kind of have have the run of the place and the city of Hoover's been great in allowing us that opportunity.
0: I want to ask you a little bit about kind of where the conference is heading in the future because we've heard a lot of rumors there's been a lot of conversation about um you know different, Viable options for the conference. Has there been any validity to the the conversation of moving the conference offices and the SEC network to Nashville?
1: I have not heard that conversation. Right. Uh, you know, we're we're focused on our whole focus right now is on getting Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC. We got enough on our plate uh, <laughs> without without other conversations, and so uh, we're we're focused on that, and that's that's kind of what's right in front of us right now. So that that was a that was a big question that a lot of people,
0: you know, when I kind of put out there, hey, talking talking to the SEC, you know, what are some questions? And that was one of the questions the SEC fans, because Nashville seems to kind of be the hub now of a lot of focus for especially the SEC men's basketball tournament. I want to ask you a little bit about the football scheduling. And obviously we the football scheduling for next year, it, it is wonderfully done. Y'all did a Fantastic job with getting Texas-Oklahoma acclimated to the SEC. Going forward,
1: what is that going to look like for the conference? Well, you know, so in 2024, we're going to have eight conference games, and we've announced who the opponents are for that year, and then we'll announce uh, in due time the the actual schedule for 2024. What happens after that is still a matter of discussion. And do we stay at eight games or do we go to nine games? And those are, that's a topic that's still uh, to be determined. And, you know, as a lot has changed and a lot continues to change and is fluid uh, in college sports. We like to think that we're in a good place where we are right now with with the Southeastern Conference. But those things have been going on around the CFP, uh, you know, what is the changes in the Pac-12? How does that impact the CFP? That has to be Determined, so all of those play into what the future is for SEC football, and so because that's a little fluid right now, those 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 talks continue, and uh, and we'll announce at the proper time whether we're going to have an eight game schedule going forward or a nine game schedule going forward. So, and
0: I'm I'm going to take you off the hot seat now, I and mean, they had they had to answer the different questions, and obviously nil and all this other stuff can be answered, you know, down the road. And but I wanted to ask you those questions. Now we get to have a little fun, and I want to ask you about your career. And obviously, you started at LSU, and, and you you know worked your way up, and you've worked work at various different stops. Who are the people that have been kind of mentors to you, and in getting to the position now that you're working for the Southeastern Conference?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my early mentors is a fellow named Paul Manassa, who was the sports information director at LSU for a long time. And he gave me my first break when I was a freshman at LSU and hired me as a student assistant in the sports information office. And I got to work for him for four years. And he gave me my next big break is that after I graduated from LSU, he had just left to go work in the United States Football League first as a PR director for the Memphis Showboats. Uh, But before the Showboats even started their season, the Boston Breakers moved to New Orleans. And so he went to be the PR director for the New Orleans Breakers and hired me right out of college to be his assistant PR director with the New Orleans Breakers. So that was my first big, uh, my first full-time job. Yeah, working for him. The breakers moved to Portland after that year, you know, the fluidity of the USFL, the original USFL. And so I got a job with the Los Angeles Express and, and worked there and he helped me get that job. And so he was a real influence uh, influence on my early career. Uh, Joe Dean, who's the athletic director at LSU, hired me back to LSU and made me the sports information director there when I was only 27 years old. I probably had no business being a SID at the age of 27, but he rolled the dice and and uh, made me the sports information director. And I was in that role capacity for 12 years. And so uh, he really helped me out. And then you know, I've got other people along the way. Skip Burtman. It was a big influence on my uh, on my. My life. Uh, I was there as a student when he was first hired at LSU, and we just kind of stayed in touch and remained friends over the year. And later on, after I had left LSU for a couple of years, he hired me back again there uh, to work for him. And I worked for him for a number of years in his role as athletics director. And we still stay in touch. And I talk to him quite often. So he's been a lifelong friend. Um, and then coming to the SEC, uh, Greg Sankey and Mike Slive were both influential in, uh, in, in my move from LSU to the Southeastern Conference. And so I've been really fortunate to work with some great folks and some good friends who they've become good friends more than just mentors over the years.
0: I will say I, I had Skip Burtman on the pod, one of my podcasts last year. Tremendous guy and, and really just a great guy. And I love hearing people talk about him. I want to ask you, though, about the the history of the Southeastern Conference and the the just the awesomeness. I guess that's, I don't don't know if that's the right word for it. (laughs) Talk about the traditions of the Southeastern Conference and how is how important is it to not only you, but to the conference to honor the past, but also be excited about the future?
1: Oh, the past is really important. And and, and I always felt like that when I was at LSU. I mean, tradition is, tradition is so much a part of college athletics. I think it's really what separates itself from professional sports. People are, or, are they're passionate about their school about their alma mater about who they follow because of traditions and and everything they've grown up with that they associate their lives with because of those traditions so it's important not to lose traditions yet you can't let traditions stand in the way of progress so it's a it's a it's a, a delicate balance to do those two things that's what's kind of unique about our expansion of bringing oklahoma and texas into the southeastern conference you know some people early on said oh college football's changing too much and how could they take these well you know we're restoring some rivalries that are going to take place texas and texas a and m uh i grew up in central arkansas and arkansas texas was always a huge game in the southwest conference now we're going to have arkansas and and texas back so we're actually while we've progressed by adding Oklahoma and Texas, we've also restored some rivalries, kind of a look to the past at the same time. And I think that's what you've got to be able to do in college sports is honor traditions to use your words and yet progress uh, in in the business and continue to grow.
0: I want to ask you, you know, last question I have for you, and obviously you've been around the SEC for so long and, and a lot of people know who you are. And I want to ask you about, you know, your kind of your legacy on not only the SEC but at LSU and what you did there as well. Uh, when you retire forty years down the road or whatever it might be, what do you want your legacy to be on both the Southeastern Conference and at LSU as well?
1: Uh, I appreciate you answer, asking that question, and, and uh, you know, I, I've never thought about my legacy because I just come to work every day and try to try to do my job <laughs> and never think of really really a legacy. I, you know, I work with the media a lot. And so, you know, I, I just think I'd like I'd like to be remembered for being a person of integrity, somebody who always told the truth. Um, and, and that's why I try to deal with the media. I, I, I try to tell them the truth when I can. And when I can't tell them something, which are some things you can't divulge, I try to say, I just I can't I can't tell you that. And so I think I think I've always been honest, I think, because of that, people know they can come to me and um and, and get whatever information is, is available. Uh, that's kind of been my job all along. Is in, in sports information, I'm an SID at heart. And so it's uh, being true uh, to, um, to, the, to the job. Uh, Paul Manassa, I mentioned him earlier. He, he, he taught me loyalty to your employer and to always uh, be loyal to the people you work with and work for and work around. Uh, I'd like to be remembered like that. Uh, but um, otherwise, you know, I just it's yeah. I'm, I'm, I kind of I always kind of feel like like I'm the I'm I'm a Forrest Gump kind of guy. I'm always near greatness, but not really contributing to greatness. I was behind home plate in Omaha when Warren Morris hit the home run uh, to win the World Series. I was in the back of the end zone when Eddie Fuller caught the pass for the earthquake game at LSU in 1988. So I'm always close to greatness, but you know, I don't know that I have anything to do with it. Per Vincent,
0: thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I feel like we need to do this again and just talk about the history because you just mentioned two great events that I think would be
1: really cool stories to tell uh, somewhere down the line. I'll be, be glad to come on again. I really appreciate you having me. It was great to see you Starkville a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I hope I see you somewhere along the way again this fall. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore eight. Check out the Instagram and Facebook pages by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show and also head on over to the website for Southeastern Conference articles and news and updates at TheMitchDavisShow.com. A very, very special thank you to my guests, Associate Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Herb Vincent, for joining me on the Mitch Davis Show podcast today. It was a great honor to talk to Herb about all the exciting things happening within the Southeastern Conference as we approach a new and brighter and more exciting future of the Southeastern Conference. Thank you for listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. Again, I've been your host, Mitch Davis.